Let's do it. Do it. Hit it. Hit it! If that war didn't happen, Fauci would still be on the TV right now. Dr. Fauci, you said two weeks to flatten the curve. What I actually said was we are too weak to flatten the curve. It's not... If it wasn't for the war, he'd be on TV right now explaining why we need our 30th shot. You know, the first shot really is just to loosen up the vein and sort of get it ready for the second, third, and fourth dose. The fifth, sixth, and seventh are really to create a Pfizer community within the body so that the eight, nine, and tenth feel seen and heard. 11 and 12 are just placebos, and since 13's an unlucky number, we go right to 14 through 20. Once 110% of the country is vaccinated, then we can dig up the deceased, revaccinate them, then individually vaccinate every sperm in the country so babies come out pre-protected. And then as far as reopening, once we end racism, get Putin out of power, start up Will Smith and Johnny Depp's career again, we could start thinking about the idea of pondering the possibility of conceptualizing the notion of reopening around Christmas 2059. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. I can explain what's currently happening. It's September 21st, and this is Ebbs in a Six Pack. He joined here by Sir West of Beer, Boberton, and Bordayish. Hi, kids. Thanks for, ha- thanks for having me on. I know. I feel like I feel like we were owed to redo after the last one. I think so. Yeah, I thought it went well. I mean... We were drunk, and we said things that maybe we didn't really mean, and you kissed me, and that was weird, and so yeah. I think I think we need uh, to, yeah. Just enjoy mm-hmm. yourselves. You are going to love it. We did prepare, uh, or pretend that rather, to be a gay couple, so that was that was new for me. Thank you for sharing that experience with me. Oh, you're welcome. I, I enjoyed it. Um Oh yeah, it's uh, obviously Sir West of Beer Bourbon and Balderdash. You've heard, likely heard, as I have, Beer Bourbon and Balderdash on the No Agenda stream, or and where all podcasts are found. Yeah, I'm really thankful. Whoever sets it up is that Sir Gene who decides where on the schedule it goes. No, that would be Sir Bemrose. Sir Bemrose. I'm very thankful to Sir Bemrose for putting us on at least twice after the big show. So. Um, that was pretty cool. I was like, "How? What? Why?" So, yeah, <laughs> yeah love like, it. I hope it's a good episode, <laughs> not one of my shitty ones. Oh yeah, no, that's it's Murphy's Law. It's like the episode I don't want always gets played. Yeah, no, I feel that. Yeah, that's um, good. the The first good episode I got played was the obviously the David Icke one. Yeah, uh, because the only reason that got played was because I because David Icke had talked to me. The prior day, and Adam and John had played the clip of me talking to David Icke on that episode, and so it was the hey. first time I was featured. Right afterwards, it was like, "Oh, they played my clip on No Agenda, so now they're going to play the episode after No Agenda." And I didn't know they were going to play the episode after No Agenda, and it's like it could have been a little bit tighter. You know, let's be honest, it could have been a little tighter, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. 
That's okay. But, hey, well, like you said on the last uh, on Taylor's Got a Tate, it's fresh in my mind because I listened to it today. Um, you know, they had a whole huge production group, and it sounded like poop. So, you know, if you're just one guy just trying to figure all this out, then I think you're doing a great job. Your Battle of the Douchebags are some of the finest. That's that's great entertainment. We have two left, and then I'm retiring them, bitch. But, hey, while we're talking about Tate, Tater's going to Tate. Yeah. Uh, the last episode I posted, uh, I know it was recorded almost two weeks ago, about a week and a half ago. But uh, it was Phone Boy, Booberry, and Phoenix. And um, maybe this is why they banned Andrew Tate. I'm going to play this clip right here. Everybody understands that these places are tyrannical and that they control ideas and that they force narratives. And I use my wording as the Matrix. I call them the Matrix. And people say to me, why do you call them the Matrix? And I say, because they project a false version of reality in real time that people subscribe to. If there wasn't an absolute blacklist on all opposing views during COVID-19, that bullshit would never have gone on for as long as it did. It went on for as long as it did. And they managed to purport a false version of reality for so long because you couldn't discuss the opposing side. We just talked about our friend here who got banned for saying something very sensible and logical. So when you get huge media companies that can literally alter in reality in real time by deleting the other side of an argument, they're creating... A matrix is what I like to call it. So I call them the source of the matrix. So people understand this and there's huge pressure behind the dam. But the problem is people say, well, what's the alternative? And I think if someone could pave the way and put a crack in the dam by ma- maintaining massive relevancy, despite of a ban. And, and to be honest with you, a, a huge portion of my fan base were 18 to 23, 24 year old males. Sure. And you have the youth, the masculine youth <laughs> of the world thinking for themselves. That's pretty scary to authority. Because it's the masculine youth of the world that is, one, the revolutionaries, and two, also, that's the backbone of the slave force. If you need people to go die in a ditch in Afghanistan, you need them. If you need people to work bullshit jobs in a coal mine with no health care, you need them. If you need people to blindly comply to bullshit, you need them more than anybody, more than you need the feminists and the fucking the liberals. You need the, the real men to go out there and comply with the bullshit, to live a shitty existence, to purport and prop up a system. The warrior class. The warrior class, right? And if enough of these men stand in one place and say this is enough, that's when a re- revolution happens. Mm-hmm. So this is the most dangerous group of the demographic that the Matrix and the people are trying to control, and they have to have a narrative over. And that's why they're trying to weaken them in every regard. And when I'm sitting there saying, don't listen to the bullshit, become physically strong, think for yourself, prioritize your brotherhood above what the fucking Matrix is telling you, do not blindly comply, resist the slave mind, all these things I'm saying, they just sat there one day and said, wait, the most popular person on the planet is saying, don't listen to our bullshit. Delete. The most popular person on the planet is not listening to our bullshit. Delete. I he was up he, I I was I was all on Andrew Tate's side until he referred to himself as the most popular person on the planet. Then I I'll had to be go. Honest, I I never heard of Andrew Tate until he got booted off of YouTube. And I was like Andrew who? Hey, there's a lot of people that had the same experience yeah. with Alex Jones. I've never heard of Alex Jones until he was the first one that got banned off every platform, you know. Oh yeah. No, I heard about Alex Jones uh, with the Lincoln, um, the child or the child boy child uh, sex trafficking ring from the boys town in Ohio to Washington, D.C. That's when I first heard about Alex Jones. Yeah. That and that Epstein's Island. That's those two. Things. Well, he was way ahead on that one. 
Uh, yeah. I got I got some Tucker Carlson clips. Can we play these? And 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 uh, I got I, I got like a it's not a presentation by any means, but you know I got kind of a well well real quick the Andrew Tate thing what he said haters gonna take is rejected these days because he's uh, he's not it's it's not a a thinking anymore traditional thinking like that it is no longer accepted yeah potatoes boil them mash them stick them in a stew. <laughs> And the postmodern thinking that happens now, which is there is no meaning, which is why I think I know uh, personally, I know um, chaplains that go out after something bad happens to families uh, here in the Seattle Metro and Kent area. And they, they have seen a lot of young people over the last three years, suicides skyrocketing. And a lot of that, I think, is because there's no meaning. Because in postmodern thinking, there is no meaning. Everything is open for interpretation or everything is deconstructed to the point where none of it has any kind of meaning to it. And and so I think what he's saying is that these, you know, life has meaning. That's what I'm hearing when I listen to him. You know, here are, you know, important, meaningful things. Um, and that's rejected outright. You can't have such hard line thoughts it has to be ambiguous all the time yeah i was looking for a okay. no yeah no i i was looking for a clip specific to that but i uh copyright you know you know how it is copyright yeah i do i do i get hit with lawsuits all the time so let me as succinctly and calmly as i can explain what's currently happening um all right so this is what is um i you know Andrew Tate was on Tucker Carlson's show. I watched maybe half of it. I wasn't worried about that, but I am worried about what Tucker's saying. And what's interesting about what Tucker is saying is I think Adam and John are right. I think Tucker and his crew genuinely rip off the clips and the commentary of what Adam and John say during the show. Oh, I mean, probably. It seems to be. On this channel, just the other day. Sorry, no, I said I, I would if I was in his position too. Yeah. On this channel, just the other day, Tony Fauci, no less than Tony Fauci, admitted in public that actually, actually we have no idea what effect the COVID vaccines might have on women's fertility, on their menstrual cycles. Wait a second. What? Remember when suggesting that could get you bounced off of Twitter and Facebook as a, as a conspiracy theorist? Well, <gasps> it turns out it's true. Here's Tony Fauci. There's been a, yeah. a number of studies. New York Times yeah. just did one about um, sure. menstruating cycles and how that is affected by vaccines. Yeah, though. Well, the menstrual thing uh, is is something that seems to be quite transient and and temporary. That's the point. That's one of the points. We need to study it more. Oh, we need to study it more. <laughs> we need to study it more. It's just like human fertility, reproducing the species the most important event in most people's lives, we need to study it more. Oh, but it's too late. We just forced millions of women to take that drug. Sorry. So how did they release a vaccine and then make it mandatory when they didn't understand the long-term effects of the drug? That's a very good question. Very good question. What do you think about Tucker, Wes, Sir Wes? I'm not... Uh... I'm not a huge fan. Well, first of all, I don't listen to mainstream media. So the only time I really hear him, if they play him, which they rarely do, is on No Agenda. I have people because I have 
some conservative values uh, that they think that I listen or watch <laughs> Fox News. So they bring him up all the time. Like, well, you know, Tucker said, and I think he's full of shit. And I go, okay, because I don't have a dog in the fight. So uh, go at it. Um, yeah. I think the way, the way I've been looking at it is I'm kind of honestly, I'm honestly kind of flabbergasted that Tucker is allowed to do and say what he does. And it makes me think yeah. it and the the running long running theory on the show has been why is Tucker Carlson pushing UFOs and aliens all the time? And I think it's I think the uh, elite's perspective is we're gonna let Tucker say everything that's true except for fucking aliens, and that way everybody that's quote unquote red pilled will trust Tucker when the aliens fake invade. That's my uh, that's my theory on it. I mean, because I, I, Tucker has been for twenty years. He's been obsessed with aliens. Yeah, I mean, it. With most of these things, I have come to the conclusion, especially over the last two years, that it's just, it's just two sides of the same coin. They're just playing us on both sides. I mean, it's it's yeah. a great psyop. Yep. You know. Yep. Get you pissed off here and get you pissed off here and get these people pissed off about this kind of stuff. And it's hard. Uh, it's hard to break free from that you know it's you want to choose a side because your brain with the fight or flight right with your amygdala wants to choose a side wants to you know and and make hard line decisions and um but it's so much confusion and people get mad about it and argue about it even my co-host when him and i have any of these kind of conversations he's your co-host of beer burn and balderdash balderdash yeah he uh you know, we'll, we'll get in these arguments and he gets very, very heated. There's third rails for him. And, uh, and I can get heated just in the fact that, you know, I want to find a position and hold on to it too. But then in the back of my mind, it's like, why are you holding on to a position that you don't even know is a hundred percent real exactly. anyways? Yeah. So it's, it's just that, you know, and yeah. So they, they want to play us. They like us frothed up. They like us all sweaty and, and angry. All right. Tucker, part two. Um, menstruating cycles and how that is affected by vaccines. Yeah, though, well, the menstrual thing uh, is, is something that seems to be quite transient and, and temporary. That's the point. That's one of the points. We need to study it more. Oh, we need to study it more. <laughs> we need to study it more. It's just like human fertility, reproducing the species, the most important event in most people's lives. We need to study it more. Oh, but it's too late. We just forced millions of women to take that drug. Sorry. So how did they release a vaccine and then make it mandatory when they didn't understand the long-term effects of the drug? That's a very good question. Very good. Here's Deborah Burks. She's the former White House COVID response director, again on Fox News. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccines, and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will, but let's be very clear. 50% of the people who died from the Omicron surge were older, vaccinated. What? Stop the pre- Quote. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. Really, Deborah Burks? But somehow you forgot to mention that as people were being fired from their jobs for not taking this on the premise that if they took it, they would never be infected. When do you get criminally charged? Soon, we hope. 
And then there's the effect of the COVID vaccines on the elderly, the population most at risk. According to the Lancet, no less than vaccinated no people than. around Joe Biden's age are 80 no percent more likely to become sick after taking the COVID shot as compared to unvaccinated people. Wait, what? 80 percent more likely to become sick after taking care to. Un- I, need, I, need to I saw that right. Wait, what? Vaccinated people. Wait, what? Wait, what? What? Right. Wait, yeah, oh yeah. what? Vaccinated people. Wait, what? 80% more likely to become sick after oh. taking the shot that was supposed to prevent them from getting sick? How is this not the banner headline? It's being ignored. It's being ignored. So, being ignored. Well, while I agree with Tucker on everything, what do you think is his angle? Like, why is he allowed to fucking talk like this? I don't know. It's weird. Why is he allowed to Money? question pharma? Yeah, but money. what mo- I mean, what what money is well, funding I mean, the anti pharma narrative? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, it's playing both sides. At the end of the day, I mean, it's it's fear mongering, right? So, uh, I mean, even even his tone, like, wouldn't it be Wait, more respectful what? if he was? I know if he was, he was like, <laughs> do. Yeah. Like, be more Scoob, respectful? like, come over here, man, and take this <laughs> Pfizer shot with me, bro. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, Scoob? Uh, <laughs> like, Mr. Scoob. Carruthers. Yeah. So I I think he's, again, there has to be a, a release valve. So now he has all the Republicans listening to him in which he says, how come no one is paying attention to this except for his millions of viewers that are frothed up by him, right? So people are paying attention to it. So it's a good psyop to play both sides. This is what Putin does. Um, you know, he he's credited Putin. for hiring a guy who was um, a master in drama to run his, I guess, his uh, uh, information department. In which what he did is he had people go out and protest against, uh, what was that rock band, that punk band, Pussy Riot? Yep. And then he had people, uh, he had people, his own people go out and protest for Pussy Riot to start a riot about Pussy Riot. So uh, he played both sides because then if he gets everybody all kind of frothed up, even on even if it's anti-government stuff, he can still control them because they're not thinking clearly. They're just thinking... You know that uh, Joe Biden is bad, Orange Man bad. You know they're just we're 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 gamified. And I was talking to someone about this recently, and I said it's like, you know, I live in Seattle, so I'm supposed to apparently root for the Seahawks. I don't give a shit about football, but uh, I'm supposed to root for the Seahawks. So regardless if I like them or not, uh, it's go Seahawks. And maybe this linebacker is a piece of shit, but you know what? He's on our team, so I'll forgive all of his piece of shitness. And maybe this guy is, you know, a really horrible player. But you know what? He's a Seahawk. Gosh darn it. So he's on my team. And we start to not look at these people's faults or actually be critical of them in a rational way. Uh, I'm serious. We're just, it's just gamified. It's just gamified. It's gamified. Yes, Seriously. Game. Seriously. No. Th- what do you think? Uh, what do you think? No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And um, just to keep the uh, clip barrage i have going mm-hmm. we're leading from tucker into alex stein in this case and alex stein oh, alex stein i love this kid he's so yeah. funny full of shit but super funny yeah he's been, he was on here for our 9-11 episode with charlie robinson um, oh was he he's been on twice he's, 
He's been on the show twice now. <laughs> How come I missed that? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and play. I'm gonna go ahead and play him uh, his interview with Tucker because I think it's. Um, I think it fits in. You know, we have to get conspiratorial, and we look at the Iran-Contra. The CIA was trading drugs with Nicaraguans for guns. We were giving them guns, and then they were taking that cocaine, and they were flying it into Mena, Arkansas, which Bill Clinton happened to be the governor of that state. And they were taking those drugs, and they were putting them in Florida. They were putting in California, Freeway, Ricky Ross. So they created the crack epidemic. So the people, the same people that did that, they're creating the problems that we have today. So it's just a new drug for a new era. I mean, I grew up in a world where, and I, speaking for myself, I actually believe that conspiracy theories were the way that dumb, uninformed people explained a complex world. Yeah. You couldn't understand. <laughs> Tucker grew up believing that conspiracy theories are how dumb and uninformed people explain a complex world. <laughs> Granted, that's not the point he's trying to make, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, uh-huh were the way that dumb, uninformed people explained a complex world. Yeah. You couldn't understand what was actually happening. You resorted to a conspiracy theory, and that was a mark of a low IQ. Of course. I'm here to warn people. You keep telling me to shut up. This isn't a game. Now, I always think this, the more informed, the smarter the person, the more likely they are to be connecting the dots that you're connecting. So you grew up in a world where people just, like, assumed that the system was not on the level, I think. Well, it's called cognitive dissonance. It's like, you know the government is, you know, has done corrupt stuff. You know there's classified levels of intelligence that you'll never be a part of. But you have cognitive dissonance thinking that the government has your back. They don't. It's a personal people control system. They want you to control us. And that's one of the biggest parts of why they want to keep you depressed. Because, Tucker, when you're constantly depressed, you're in what is called fight or flight. So your hormone response is constant cortisol. And that's why Brian Stelter, those guys, they constantly have the ticker on CNN, how many people die, how many people die. Because people get addicted to that hormonal response. And once you're in that fear state of fight or flight, you can't see the forest for the tree right in front of your face. So then they can literally, like a dog with a treat, they can make you do whatever you want. And that treat is just more trauma, what I call trauma-based mind control, just more fear tactics in order to control you. So that's what's happening now is the mainstream media uses fear to control us. And that's the same mechanism that the government uses. I couldn't agree more. like that alex stein went on tucker like shout out alex stein i know yeah i um you know i still i still i still text him once in a while he texts me back very infrequently but where's the lie though i mean he's right he's fucking right that's what i'm saying it's like the the fucking guy like Everybody likes to make fun of him for like the AOC bombing blue latina that was funny oh my god that was hilarious (laughs) But no, Alex Stein. Alex Stein is not a fucking idiot, dude. Like he really, he knows his shit. Um, yeah. He beat Tim Pool in a moonlighting debate, in my opinion. Yeah. Eh, Tim Pool. I can only take so much of that dude too. I liked him with uh, calling out Dan Crenshaw. Now I used to like Dan Dan Crenshaw. Why? This podcast. Just listen, man. Dan Crenshaw has a podcast. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know this. No, fuck um, that, dude. And I've I've read his book, and I liked him. Oh god! And then I started looking more into him, and I'm like this mother. And then when he called him out about you know, just saying hey, like you know, veterans great, yay, but why are you supporting a government that would put your own veterans in danger? And 
And why are you uh, still kind of why are you voting for billions and billions and billions to Ukraine? Yeah, yeah. come on, Dan. Well, because he want he's playing the game. He wants to be a president. He wants to be someone. So he's he's got a compromise. It's a compromise. You can't get in this game and not be dirty. You can't. Yeah, but is DeSantis doing that? I, don't... I mean, he might be. I mean, we like him because he is uh, anti-lockdown, anti-mandate. Yeah, and anti-woke. Uh, so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. And we're tired of that, and so we'll take whatever. But instead of choosing good and bad, we're choosing better or worse, and that's shitty. So. <laughs> I keep thinking about that. This is a Dave Chappelle quote. Um, is is to not choose better or worse because that's that's where people can control you, but to choose rather bad or good. <clears throat> and so, if they're all bad, I mean, how can you choose? You can't. There's no choice. Because if you're just choosing better or worse, that's that's shitty. It's Satan or Satan. You know, I mean, or <laughs> it's just, the lesser of two know. evil can evils. <laughs> But isn't that awful? Isn't that awful that that's the best we can do? Here is yeah. here is the two worst. Pick which one is going to be worser. But hadn't that how worse. it's always kind of been, though? I don't know. I don't know. But as long as I can remember, it has. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think we fairy tale. I think we fairy tale like there was a better time. But maybe not. Maybe it was all shitty. <clears throat> maybe you have to be. Yeah, you're right. To play this yeah. game. I mean, if you look at. Uh, just the royal bloodline, even uh, it's it's crappy, crappy people, and and religion, the church itself, the universal church, the Catholic Church, especially with the popes, <clears throat> they propagate all this too. They they love this. They love controlling countries and stuff with the fear of religion yep. and power and and all those things. So it's, I mean, maybe it's always been corrupt. Maybe it has, you know. So maybe since Cain, Cain and Abel, maybe since Cain, it's always been. It's always been messed up. So, anyways, all that to say, that was a good clip. More like and, Kane uh, unable. <laughs> Tell me, what was that? A, <laughs> that's not how that piece aired, was it? Which one? That last clip with Tucker and Alex. Oh no, Alex! It was. It had some extra music in the background. <laughs> the women screaming in the background was. I was sitting there laughing. I was like, "Oh yes, this is." But you know, I. I, I I got a loose connection here, so we went from um, fuck, we went from whatever we were talking about to Tucker to Alex Stein being on Tucker yeah. to nine eleven episode I did with Alex Stein. Let's talk yeah. about nine eleven for a second because okay. you know it is still September. Yes, the rising cost of energy had made it extremely expensive to keep the buildings warm in winter and cool in summer. General maintenance was also very expensive compared to buildings from more recent years. In his 1999 book on the Twin Towers, Divided We Stand, author Eric Darton wrote, When the World Trade Center was bombed in February 1993, it was already passing its prime as office space, overtaken by a generation of more recent, cybernetically smart buildings with higher ceilings and greater built-in electrical capacity. To maintain the Trade Center as Class A office space commanding top rents, the Port Authority would have had to spend $800 million rebuilding its electrical, electronic communications, and cooling systems. But the biggest problem with the Twin Towers was the large amount of asbestos they contained. Built in a time when the use of asbestos was still allowed in civil construction, at least 400 tons of this extremely dangerous material had been used to fireproof the steel structure of the buildings and to insulate hundreds of miles of pipings for water, heating, and air conditioning. 
Asbestos was also present in the ceiling panels, the elevator shafts, and the vinyl tiles from office floors. From a property condition assessment of the Twin Towers dated December 2000, we read, According to Port Authority records, a total of 7 million square feet of vinyl asbestos floor tiles were installed in the World Trade Center. By the time asbestos was banned from civil construction, the Twin Towers were nearing their completion. Initially, the asbestos was encapsulated wherever possible to prevent the particles from being inhaled. But in the 1990s, the regulations grew tighter, and every time a simple renovation was needed, the complete removal and replacement of the asbestos was also required. At the same time, because of the health risk it posed, the cost of asbestos removal and abatement had been skyrocketing. Safety procedures required the areas to be treated to be vacated in advance, hermetically sealed, and kept under negative pressure at all times to prevent particles from escaping outside. Only specialized workers could access the area, wearing airtight suits and respirators. A full decontamination process was required every time they left the area. At the estimated cost of $5 to $6 per square foot, that accounted for an additional $20 million in cost for the Port Authority, and that was for the floor tiles only. There were also hundreds of thousands of square feet of spray-on fireproofing to be removed throughout both buildings. Reportedly, by the year 2000, the Port Authority was looking at an asbestos abatement bill of as much as $1 billion, the same money it would have cost to build a brand new tower. Back in the 90s, the Port Authority had sued the insurance companies, trying to get them to cover the cost of the asbestos removal. But in May 2001, four months before the terrorist attack, the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey lost their 10-year-old court battle. At that point, the Port Authority was between a rock and a hard place. The Twin Towers could no longer be maintained without incurring the cost of asbestos removal, yet they could not be demolished because of the large amounts of asbestos they contained. The only remaining option was to dismantle and remove the two poison-filled giants one piece at a time. But the cost of such an operation would have been so astronomical that no one has ever tried to put a number on it. What number would you put on it, Sir Wes? What million dollars? No, it was a insurance nightmare. A lot more net. A lot yeah. more net. I mean, wasn't wasn't one of the theories behind it was that it was going to be so expensive that the only option is is to to blow him up somehow so that we could uh so he could collect all the insurance money what was his name he like bought it like a year before or something yeah like larry silverstein i would never yes, 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 yes. i would never ever say what you're talking about you know oh i don't care everyone says that do you ever listen to uh grand theft world I Richard, listen to, uh, i've listened to grand theft Auto. no no grand theft world uh richard um mother trucker Richard, 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 Richard Grove. You should look him up. He did a whole 24-hour stream on all these 9-11 documentaries, including his own that he did, and uh, a bunch from, uh, do you know Jason Burmis? Yeah. I've been trying to get him on the yeah. show. I know a bunch of people that know him. I love that dude. Yeah, yeah he moved to Idaho, I think. He's he's a cool guy. Oh, you're Jewish, right? Jewish rock! Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually not. I'm, I'm raised Roman Catholic, but I, I have a great affinity for Jewish people in Israel. You're gay. That's what it is. Jews rock. I love Jews. <laughs> Luckily for all, the stalemate was broken when a real estate tycoon named Larry Silverstein, who already owned Building Seven, 
offered to purchase a 99-year lease for the Twin Towers. 76 years old, and look at him go. He walks fast, talks fast, and is always, always selling. Silverstein seemed in a big hurry to close the deal. Even though he had been hospitalized for a car accident during the bidding operations, he asked his doctors to take him off the morphine so the deal could be finalized. So I told the doctor, I said, kill the morphine, and I got got to get my people in here, because you can't think with morphine. So they let the morphine run down, the pain was terrible, and but I brought everybody together, and that's when we framed our, our best and final bid. On July 24, 2001, Larry Silverstein celebrated the acquisition of the Twin Towers with a public ceremony. Silverstein signed the lease on the World Trade Center just six weeks before 9-11. He then took out an insurance policy covering the Twin Towers for $3.2 billion in case of total destruction. Silverstein then began spending every morning of the week in his new office in the North Tower. And so my mornings were spent at the Trade Center and then by noon I was back uptown. But on September 11, luckily for him, Silverstein didn't go to work. Even though he had already scheduled a business meeting in the North Tower, he found out that his wife had made an appointment for him at the dermatologist. The morning of September 11, Silverstein was scheduled to have breakfast at the restaurant at the top of the North Tower. He canceled at the last minute at the insistence of his wife, Clara, who wanted him to go see his dermatologist. That particular morning, Skin takes. Uh, my wife, God bless her, had made an appointment for me uh, at the doctor. And I said, okay, okay, yes, dear, I'll go. Everyone who was in that restaurant that morning perished. I loved you! And then, just minutes later, uh, she a telephone call to turn on a television set and witnessed this horrendous circumstance. Uh. This is how, on the evening of September 11, Larry Silverstein found himself in control of some 12 million square feet of new office space to be built on some of the most valuable real estate in the world. And since the terrorist attacks had been two separate events, contended Silverstein, the insurance companies would have to pay him $7 billion to rebuild what he has always been calling My Three Towers. I will spend $7 billion on My Three Towers. Eventually, a settlement was reached for $4.5 billion, which I'm was serious. still one-third more than the amount initially insured by Silverstein. Seriously? And since on September 11, due to the terrorist attacks, Building 7 had also been destroyed, Silverstein received another $800 million to rebuild a skyscraper that had originally cost $400 million. It's a much more beautiful building. It's a glass facade that allows the light to come into the space. The, the views on four sides are phenomenal, and the space looks magnificent. In the meantime, all the asbestos from the Twin Towers has been inhaled by the citizens of downtown Manhattan, and especially by the first responders and volunteers who worked at Ground Zero, who are now being decimated by mesothelioma and other pulmonary diseases. Fuck! Well, that's my sugar. Jewish rock! You're Jewish, right? Um, okay, so... Alright, here's my, uh... Here's my follow-up here. The uh, okay. cl- the classic... Go ahead. No, no, I was saying, okay. I mean, by the way, I, I swung that segue perfectly. It was great. So what's his oh, name? You're Jewish, Larry right? Saying, that was... Oh, yeah. that was... That was chef's kiss. It was a straight-up noodle gun moment. This guy. I love it. I love this guy. Oh, my wife. Pelted by debris when the North Tower collapsed. (laughs) Yeah. This is, uh, you know, from, you know, 9-11 straight up from the scene. Do it. 
pelted by debris when the North Tower collapsed. Seven burned until late afternoon, allowing occupants to evacuate to safety. I remember getting a call from the uh, fire department commander telling me that they were not sure they were going to be able to contain the fire. And I said, you know, we've had such terrible loss of life. Maybe the smartest thing to do is, is pull it. Pull it! Uh, and they made that decision to pull. pull. And then we watched the building collapse. collapse. about it it's all good uh and this is what leads to my final clip on this <laughs> which is lucky larry the luckiest man in the world lucky lucky larry, lucky larry. God, and lucky larry. i gotta give tiktok a shout out for this one because this was a a speech that larry silverstein had given that i had never seen until this tiktok I apologize in advance for the background music, but God damn it. I said to myself, wouldn't it be fantastic if I could own the Twin Towers? We got very, very lucky. The governor of New York, George Pataki, decided one day that maybe it would be good to privatize the ownership of the World Trade Center. So I got a call from the governor's office, and they said, would you ever consider owning the World Trade Center? It was very, very good for the family, very good for, for us, and we were very, very fortunate. On the morning of 9-11, Getting ready, getting dressed. To go to the dermatologist. I have light colored hair, light skin. The sun is a disaster for me. I can't take the sun. She said, okay, but you're going to the dermatologist, you're going this morning, and you're not going downtown. Got very, very lucky. Now, I had How convenient. an obligation to collect the insurance proceeds oh. from the policies. Oh. Oh. A new governor was just elected, Elliot Spitzer, an old friend who I knew well. I said, Elliot, if you don't help me, I'll never collect from the insurance companies. And guess what? He listened and he said, you know what? You're entitled. I'm going to get you the money. And in six months, he got me the four and a half billion dollars. We got very, very lucky. There you go. Larry Silverstein, everybody. I love Jews. Oh, my gosh. Uh, How many skin takes and moles does this guy have? Honest to God. You're Jewish, right? Uh, I'm actually, I'm actually not. I, I'm, I'm raised Roman Catholic, but I, I have a great affinity for Jewish people in Israel. You're gay. That's what it. <laughs> Fuck. Dude, that's that's my 9/11 presentation. I know half those clips were from the previous 9/11 presentation, but I didn't realize that they were fucking red pilling people on TikTok like that. Like that last clip was all fucking TikTok. Didn't his kids work in the building too? And he had told them not to go in, or they some someone told them the day, they like were late to work. He was like late to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. Skin tags. Skin tags will save your life, kids. Remember that. Go to yep. the dermatologist. I'm serious. Yep. Check that mole out in your butthole. Make sure it's not cancerous. <laughs> oh fuck. Yep. That's that's uh Dude, that was wild. That's why I got that's yeah, why I got on nine so eleven. Will we ever know? I mean, there's so much why isn't it ever clear cut? Why isn't it ever I just the the going back to the Alex Stein thing where he talked about the cognitive dissonance it's it's true though right like and and maybe I'm such a pessimist that it's I think I don't think our government loves us I don't think it likes us I don't think it's supposed to uh, but I also think that it's supposed to work for us and I don't think it does that either um, I I don't trust it how could you trust it how could you trust it for the last fifty years. How could you trust the government at least the last 50 years? And then for people to still buy all this bullshit, it's just, it's wishful thinking. It's, it's hopeless hope. It's weird. And then, you know, <laughs> I mean, how do you not think that all these people like, you know, lucky, Oh, it's so lucky. It's just lucky. It's just lucky. You know? And I just, I don't know, man. Lucky Larry just blows my mind. Blows my mind. Too many coincidences. Too many coincidences. That's all. That's all. So it's good to be suspicious. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's uh, it's a hard one, man. I my generation calls it suspicious. 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 That's what the kids are calling it these days. No, I. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I'm much older than you. I'm 44. How old are you? Uh, third, no, 30. God damn. No, I'm 28. Okay. Yeah. Then you're, you're millennial. Millennial. Are you a zoomer? Are you at the front end of a zoomer? I'm right on the edge of being, I'm I'm right on the edge of, um, I'm like at the, the lowest portion of a millennial that you can still count as a millennial. I'm like on the young, young, young spectrum of millennials. Yeah. You guys are a weird generation. Yeah, I thought we were a weird generation, Generation X. Uh, we were very, we we're a very skeptical uh, generation for sure. Prior Seriously. to anything, and millennials are there's something else, man. As we're hitting them, as we're getting into them, you know, being full, full force in in American politics and everything. It's very we're odd. We're the AOC I, generation. Yeah, I don't know what's coming up behind. Uh, you're the you're the uh, at least you're the fucking Rand Paul generation or whatever. We're the fucking AOC generation. Yeah, but we didn't do you guys any favors either. We were probably well. Yeah, I never said that. Trust me. Yeah, postmodernism probably happened started happening at the end of the Boomer generation and into the beginning of the Generation X. Generation X is the propagators of um, postmodernism. Which has been going on for, I mean, I've been talking or listening to postmodernism for like the last 30 years and people telling us what a what a bunch of horseshit this is going to be when people really start taking hold of this. And it, it gives them freedom to believe whatever they want without consequence, as we can now see, as it, you ask a person to define a woman and they cannot. So, and and we're not supposed to call them crazy or or uninformed we have to accept their answer as a legitimate scientific answer or educated answer at least so it's a very weird weird time there was a uh scene from 
Link Letters, Waking Life that I was looking for about postmodernism. Um, and oh, I Link Letter. He wasn't he a a game show host? No. Well, maybe give of a different person. Probably. Um, but I'm I'm looking for the. There's like a a scene where the a um I don't even know what you call him. I guess a college professor is talking about uh, postmodernism. Oh. Uh, but he his his uh, the long and short of it is the the um, what you get taught in school, what you get taught in college, the postmodern, but the postmodernist take, mm-hmm. and for lack of a better term, is um, is it's kind of a cop out. Is basically his sure thing because it, it's like it. I I I don't even want to try to do it justice if I can't find it, but. Um, well, it's like building a house without a foundation. It's planting your feet firmly in the air. It's a it's a stairway that leads to nowhere. It's a door that opens to nothing. It's a you know it's there you know there might be meaning somewhere in there, but even if you find meaning, maybe it wasn't actual meaning. It's so deconstructed. It's it's like building something with Legos that is super intricate, and then just tearing it all apart and, and trying to think of what it is going to be again. There's no meaning to it. I think I found um, it. used to take existentialism as just another French fashion or historical curiosity is that I think it has something very important to offer us for the new century. I'm afraid we're losing the real virtues of living life passionately, the sense of taking responsibility for who you are, the ability to make something of yourself and feeling good about life. Existentialism is often discussed as if it's a philosophy of despair. But I think the truth is just the opposite. Sartre, once interviewed, said he never really felt a day of despair in his life. But one thing that comes out from reading these guys is not a sense of anguish about life so much as a real kind of exuberance, a feeling on top of it. It's like your life is yours to create. I've read the postmodernists with some interest, even admiration. But when I read them, I always have this awful, nagging feeling that something absolutely essential is getting left out. The more that you talk about a person as a social construction or as a confluence of forces or as fragmented or marginalized, what you do is you open up a whole new world of excuses. And when Sartre talks about responsibility, he's not talking about something abstract. He's not talking about the kind of self or soul that theologians would argue about. It's something very concrete. It's you and me talking, making decisions, doing things, and taking the consequences. It might be true that there are six billion people in the world and counting. Nevertheless, what you do makes a difference. It makes a difference, first of all, in material terms, makes a difference to other people, and it sets an example. And in short, I think the message here is that we should never simply write ourselves off and see ourselves as the victim of various forces. It's always our decision who we are. Hell yeah. That's, uh, I mean, if the, I, I remember people asked, being asked questions like a man on the street type thing. And the guy said, uh, hey, if I think your shoelaces are made of spaghetti noodles, are they made of spaghetti noodles? And this is on a college campus. And the kid said, well, if you believe they're spaghetti noodles, then they're spaghetti noodles. And he goes, but clearly they're, you know the difference between shoelaces and spaghetti noodles. He's like, yeah, but if that's your truth, 
then how can I deny you your truth? In a certain and, sense, <laughs> in a, honestly, in a certain sense, I'm with you know on on one level, but yeah, and on on the true level, yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, but it it just if you it's not reality based, it's imagination based, right? So right. that's what's could be scary is you know now you get a person in any kind of power like well the question know, is where say, you draw that line right well sure but what's the line is a line between cute and crazy so i'll accept the fact that you're crazy and you're harmless but what it what what if it becomes powerful and actually starts making decisions on how you live your life personally is it is it cool then is it cute then is it is it right. accepted well, then and that's where the and and that's why science and religion have both overstepped their bounds on you know what we as free people can decide what the nature of reality is because if you really break it down far enough everybody that can have their own opinions should really be making their own reality but there's no there's not been like a clear concise uh, fair jurisdiction line drawn on that and there never has been, and there probably never will be. That's interesting. Who who Say, decides what? Well, who decides how what reality is, and where do you draw that line? Like the like the guy was saying, this you know, just shoelaces or spaghetti. Uh, on one level, if someone's actually experiencing that, who is who? Who are you? Who are you? Who am I to deny them of that truth? Because if they're actually experiencing that truth, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you have you have a child, right? So yeah. Sitter. Okay. So if and kids are kids are crazy. They're they're drunken small people. They're they're out of their mind and they don't know a lot of things, right? So it's it's right. your job as a parent to help them be less crazy as much as possible and uh, and teach them uh, real things, right? And so uh, it doesn't have to be a religion or anything like that, but you have to teach them things about the reality in which you know as well, right? Right. So it would be wrong for you to tell your child if they think something that is going to be harmful for them, that it's actually good for them if they think it's good for them. Right. Right. And so that's, you know, so that's the kind of thing that I'm, I'm thinking of when I think about these things. I mean, it's shoelaces and spaghetti noodles, but at the end of the day, if this gets, if this guy's confused between a shoelace and a spaghetti noodle, I'm a little more concerned in the long run for this person and, you know, the, the children he'll raise or the things he'll say, or the people he'll get to convince that a shoelace sure. is a, um, and, and I'm not sure about religion. I know religion can be used to twist people's minds that we see that all the time. Um, and science, science is supposed to be to figure out what is real. Israel. Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what is not real, not real, and uh, and so it's kind of discovering those things, and it changes all the time, which is why I like science because it changes all the time, and I like discovering things. I'm not anti-science in any way whatsoever. I'm anti-corruption within science. Changes all the time. Changes all the time. (laughs) But the postmodern thinking is is it's not it's not reality based. It's it's might be personal reality based, but even then that sounds that sounds odd, doesn't it? If my reality is conflicted with your reality, you might be wrong and I might be right. 
you might be right, I might be wrong, but can we both be right? Can it both no. be a shoelace and a noodle? Not only can neither of us be right. Well, I, I mean, it depends how what outlook you want to take a reality on. But I mean, we uh, could both from, be wrong too. From, by the way, we could both be exactly, exactly, exactly. But, um, but can we both be right? Personal now, reality. It's a logic test, right? You're an acronym guy. You like acronyms. What's the acronym for personal Do reality? It. What's the letters? For personal reality. P R. P E N I S. Well, I was gonna say P R. Public PR. relations. Yeah. <laughs> You're even even at a certain point you break your own personal reality down far enough, it's still you know, it's the personal reality that you want other people to think that's what your personal reality is. Does that make sense? It's PR. No, say it say it a different way. Your your PR, your personal reality, okay, really comes down to what you want other people to think your personal reality is. It's your public relations. Oh, I understand. So if so, I'm a Christian, so I believe that Jesus Christ is real or is God. But I right. want other people to know that you think that that. I know that Je- that I think that. I mean, I understand that. Or in and you could break that down with like my perspective or anybody else's perspective. Your okay. your your personal reality is also your public relations in one way, shape, or form. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, it does. So. It does. How does that factor into how real it is? Like, how real is your reality to you compared to how real is that reality to how much? How how does it factor in? Where is like how much you believe it and how much you want to believe it? And I'm I'm not saying you, but like me myself oh, also. No, I understand. I understand. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I mean, that's that's a good question to pose instead of yeah, PR, how much do you believe it or how much do you want other people to believe it? That's good. Or how much do you want other people to believe you believe it? Yeah, yeah. Or just yeah. Or just yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. And that applies. I think that applies a hundred percent across the board to everybody's worldview, whether it's mm-hmm. religious, spiritual, po- political, or whatever. How much of it is what you want? You actually believe, and how much is it what you want other people to believe you believe? Interesting. No, oh, it's interesting. I have to think about that one. That's I, a good question to ask. I don't really know the answer to it myself. Yeah. No, but it's good to ask those questions for sure. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, so you had uh, yeah, you had sent me a couple of videos, and there was there was one that was <laughs> over two hours. So I I maybe made it forty five minutes into that one. It was at the English guy with the bloodlines of the yeah the, yeah yeah the kings and the yeah it was good. I, well, I the whole thing played, but I did not finish the whole thing because I was fucking working. But that doesn't matter. So, what matters is the other. What well, go ahead. I just wanted to say, so just as a disclaimer, uh, I watch these things and sometimes share them because I, I want conversation from them. It, I don't endorse them wholeheartedly. Oh, I yeah. don't agree with everything wholeheartedly. Oh, I just yeah. want people okay. to understand that when I listen to certain things, uh, you know, I try to use my brain uh, to think <laughs> in a critical way about what a person's saying. And if some of it's bullshit, and some of it might be true. And so then I engage, I ask, start asking questions about what it is that I'm listening to. And I do some research and I'll find some things maybe are ambiguous. You can't find the answer to it one way or the other and other things you can. And, uh, you know, uh, chew the, chew the meat and spit out the fat, so to speak. Right. So, well, this guy, <clears throat> this guy, John Levi, you know who I'm talking about? Oh Yeah. 
So I, wa- I did I did finish this whole like 20, 25 minute video <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with what he says. I actually think he's spot on with pretty much everything he breaks down. Yeah. My issue that I take with is the presentation. Yeah. I did build my Which solar system and I've always tinkered with wires, but I'm no expert. I believe in free energy and gathering charge from the ether free love. and have seen all the experiments, many on YouTube, where people send a wire up, either by drone or tower, and gather a charge of electricity. Is this guy I don't I don't know what's going on with this guy, but it's like I like his I like the cut of his jib, but I don't like the jib of his jib, if that makes sense. It's like, is this guy falling a fucking sleep mid sentence the entire video? He lives by himself in a solar power cabin in the middle of nowhere. So he's uh, huh? It's like, bro, wake the fuck up. Okay, here's how I would compare it. Like, okay, do you remember when you're at you you were a kid and you were in school? Do you remember the teachers yes. you liked versus the teachers you hated? The teachers you hated were fucking on the verge of sleep the whole time. And the teachers you liked, yes. they were into what they were talking about. This yes. guy is a fucking beyond a snooze fest. He is literally snoozing. This is a fact. For me, building a tower and getting a wire up there would be more expensive than having my solar system. I have four panels and I could use more. I think one could use way over the top. We're told they would have placed cannons in each one of these cells. Exactly. And did these cells have another purpose? Is simply my question right now. Is a cell really a cell? Or was the placement of cannons in each of these cells simply a repurpose? Like, what is this? And most of these old world batteries or forts or star forts were repurposed in this I, i've never okay star <laughs> I, star forts star forts is one of the most interesting fascinating topics ever and yeah. somehow this guy makes it boring as fuck oh my gosh so i watched uh just for fun <laughs> i watched the news radio last night and uh, I love that old show. And my son was Great with show. me. He's 18. I, I have the whole series on DVD. <clears throat> and we watched the first episode, the pilot episode, where he has to fire the other radio director. And it's so funny. And it's well written. So well written. But Phil Hartman comes in and he says he wants this certain interview. But if he doesn't get the interview, he's going to read the news really, really slow. And he makes this threat as only Phil Hartman can do. And uh, my son's just cracking up. And that's what that reminds me of, that this guy is, he's, I think he's, he he lives by himself, dude, with his dog in a solar powered, probably one room cabin somewhere. Um, and then he, he, he's, he dives into these deep things of mysterious things that used to be here in America uh, as the old world before we settled America and had all this stuff. He's just, that's just who he is. Unfortunately, great information sometimes or information that is thought provoking. It might not be true, but it's, uh, dude, he's a snoozer. Like he's, he could be making millions right now as those guys that people have on 
apps on their phone to go to sleep at night. You know, you're getting sleep. <laughs> you're going numb from your feet. Now it's going up your legs. <laughs> what you doing over there? <laughs> Not like that. That would that would scare me and wake me up. But he's missing out right now. He could be a gold mine for one of those guys. Or he could hypnotize you with his voice. He could jiggly puff you to death. Jiggly. See what I did there? Millennial. Millennial. Millennial reference. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> All right. We're at... Um... But we're, we're, real you, quick, I know that yeah, we are, yeah. I know you want to end. No, no, no. Did no, you I, like his information? Yes, that's what, I, and that's how I started off. The information was good, with the presentation. I've never put cathedral and cathode together. Yes, I don't know why my brain's never made that association. Wait, was that him or the other guy? Was that him? No, that was him, John Levi. The other guy was all about the kings and the bloodlines to Vlad the Impaler and the deals with the Pope and how the Pope I have clips on that by the, the way. crown and stuff. I have some clips on the Vlad the Impaler and the, yeah, yeah, that's good. So actually, uh, Charles really believes that. KC the third really believes that he's a vampire. Batteries or forts or star forts were repurposed into anything. I'm just saying, how do you make star forts sound boring? Like, this guy's the only guy that could ever make Star Forts sound boring. Or Star Forts were repurposed into anything. Oftentimes, prisons or prison cells. In that all these domes interconnected were actually most likely acting as a battery. Such a thing is the only thing that makes sense. And even when we look at these old fortifications, some of the oldest ruins in North America. <laughs> you see, they're called batteries. Battery There's something Russell, going on with this guy, Fort man. Stevens in Oregon. I think this guy is like part of a psyop to make all this like ancient history stuff sound boring. Okay, so there's, there, you, you know, there's like, um, there's like the, the one end of the spectrum, which is the History Channel or Discovery Channel, like, ancient aliens, is it possible? Is it possible that their star force were actually run by alien vampires? Yeah, Find yeah. out after the commercial break. And this is the other end of the spectrum, which is like a guy going, uh, and then there's a star force, and, and I don't know what the star force is. And he's, and he's like, there's a middle ground between the two is all I'm saying. It's like, you don't have to be like full on fucking history channel bullshit, but you also no. can put a little bit of goddamn showmanship into it. Just a little bit, like put a little bit of showmanship into it. That's yeah. And for the show notes, that's John, J-O-N, Levi, L-E-V-I. John Levi. Check him out if you uh, have insomnia. <laughs> Yeah, his, his, his name is John, and leave I will. When And by leave, I mean leave his uh, YouTube subscription. Yeah. Stevens, in Oregon, section oh, stop. after section <laughs> after section. In County, Texas. And it looks like they've built a hotel oh, over oh, this fort. Here we excited. go. Old walls. Old, old walls. walls. Old walls. remind me of the Cyclopean walls. Cyclopean. And this is the same site, just a different part. We see something like this. Valley, California. We see that this too has fused into a round blob of brick. All right. <laughs> he loves the melted brick stuff. <laughs> I mean, he really does. It, I mean, 
Yeah. Just just by the way, I posted another John Levi on No Agenda Social on a another comment thread and uh I got uh what's her name? Dame Geek Squared. Uh she she uh put down his uh whole Mount Rushmore theory about cement and whatnot. So just so you know, there's people out there that, that might know or thinking about things and it's kind of cool to and that's all i want people I to love do it. when i post this kind of stuff is think about it think about it why not what are they hiding anyways they're always hiding shit Let's seriously seriously i'm serious so yeah you know, you Hell want to yeah. talk about the Vlad the impaler stuff or i mean i've got something else on your mind what else is up what let's let's talk about sir seat sir let's unravel you let's oh unravel me yeah, let's uh, let's talk about you. Tell us your what's a thing that bugs you? Oh, what really geez. grinds your gears? What grind? What does grind my gears? Um, I guess a better question would be what grinds my gears that I'm allowed to talk about without getting canceled. Yes, yes. What is that? Right, I'll can tell we you get one thing. On no agenda, women or on the women stream? grind my gears. Yes, I love it when they grind me. I mean, my gears. But go on. <laughs> Randall Carlson. Yeah, I like him. On TikTok. Okay. This one, I think, was... Uh, what? The climate right now is no warmer than it's been many times throughout history. Our, our baseline is now the lowest the carbon dioxide has been in 600 million years. As far as uh, temperature change, the IPCC's first report of 1992 showed that the middle medieval warm period was warmer than the present. Well, this didn't fit the narrative, so by the time the 1996 report came out, it was a, a completely contrived graph called the hockey stick. So what they did was they got rid of the medieval warm period and the little ice age, and so when the, instead of the graph doing this, they flattened it out, and then they added instrumental record on the end that looks like it's going way up the point is is that the people that are calling them out on it are not getting the the media coverage you know because look at this point there's billions of dollars going into the whole oh, climate yeah. change narrative now the reason i pulled that clip is because it's kind of fascinating that that and the andrew tate clip i played earlier were on tiktok yeah it's a tiktok like TikTok is red pilling people apparently once in a while. Yeah, I mean I don't have TikTok, but uh, neither I'm do glad I. These guys are these guys are getting their getting their say. Uh, I love it. Sacred geometry stuff. The uh, YouTube channel After School. That's with a K. School. Fuck. Yes. Uh, they did like Fuck. a two hour thing of his and his sacred geometry. Man, that stuff is it's so dense. And so fascinating. I have to watch it like two or three times just to grasp. My brain just can't. But yeah. it's it's so. But it it everything works out mathematically, and I I like math because math is true. Math can't lie. I mean, it is or it isn't. What um, do you think about Randall Carlson whole, being a Freemason? I've never thought about that. I mean, he could be. They were into all that kind of stuff too. Oh no, Masons, he no, he definitely is. Templar. He he admitted oh, he when is? he was when he was on Joe Rogan. He's he said oh. he was a thirty second degree Freemason. Interesting. The question is, like, does that like 
Because when and that's the same thing with Abraham Zapruder film, the Zapruder mm-hmm. film of the JFK assassination. He's the reason yep. we know for a fact Kennedy got shot from the front and his yep. head went back. I have the same question with Randall Carlson who and uh, you know, Zapruder, high level Freemason, Randall Carlson questioning the climate change narrative, talking about um ancient history. I think about it and I think, well, maybe the Freemasons are the good guys. Have you thought about have you considered this? I often consider this in the sense that are the globalists really do they know a thing that we don't know and that if we were to know and I consider Freemasons part of the globalist community, right? Knights Templar that kind of thing. Um, that do they know a thing that we don't know, and that they're trying to hurt us in a way that is best for us, but um, but if they were to tell us exactly what's going on, um. That we would, as humans, as we already know, that in a group, in a large group, we're insane beasts that will devour each other. So if they can manipulate how the world works, are they really protecting us and saving us? Um, And then I think about how much I'd rather have my own free will to make my own decisions. And that seems to be a better idea, even if it leads to total destruction. So well, I mean, there's. I mean, do you want freedom or do you want the uh, demonic? Even like the extreme example of what you're talking about is the demonic forces are just straight up fucking evil. The people that the social engineers and all that. Yeah, at a certain point, it seems like they. um, What's the point of having uh, free will from God if you're not going to get tested, right? So you, in some sense, need to have that testing. And maybe that testing is like a bunch of fucking drunk rednecks, a.k.a. the Freemasons, <laughs> manipulating social events across the world for thousands of years. If anyone is a fan of The Hour of the Time by William Cooper, um, who does a great job of kind of relaying the history of the Freemasons and the Knights Templar, um, they don't actually seem to be a great organization that really care about uh, the plebs, so uh, they don't really care about people to the lowest degree. They care about themselves to the highest degree, and they care about their mission to the highest degree more than they care about people. So him being a Freemason, I mean, he might be giving us nuggets of truth, but he also might be bullshitting us. I don't know. It, it makes me skeptical. I was I was skeptical of him already just because – some of the stuff he says is you, as you think about it, you're kind of like, that's kind of fucking crazy. Um, and that makes me yeah. pause for a minute, but I mean, if he outright says he's a Freemason, that's, that's pretty wild too. I mean, but I don't know, maybe he sees it as just a faith. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough. I don't know enough. I agree. I'm just guessing. You yourself, admitting yourself that you suck. <laughs> I love, by the way, hour of the time. I probably listen to it all the way through once a year. Um, as sometimes just background noise because it can be a little much. Um, but uh, I mean, I I I think William Cooper does a great job of kind of laying out the history of the, the all the different. Uh, That's why he killed his ass. Just groups. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That ta- that and tax evasion. He got Clinton. Was he the first Clinton to get Clinton? He was probably was. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he spoke out against Bill and Hillary. All the time, and it was under uh, Bill Clinton's government, 
quote unquote, that uh, he was killed by IRS agents for tax evasion. Fuck. So when they when they want to hire eighty seven thousand more IRS agents, he also predicted nine eleven. Honestly, I think a, I think it should be eighty seven million more IS, IRS agents. I think they didn't go far enough. You know. You think every one of us should be an IRS agent? If I every so, one of man. us is an IRS agent, then how? Who I really are think so, man. I think I think honestly, I get offended when I see that there are more. I I look I I so at first I wasn't that upset about it, right? But then I yeah. I did a I did a search for the U.S. population, it's about three hundred seventy-five million people, and I thought, holy fuck, we are. Three hundred and seventy-four million two hundred thousand IRS agents short. I honestly think that should be one for every person that's an American citizen, men, women, and children. I'm talking newborn babies included. There should be a fucking IRS agent for each man, woman, and child in this country. I think they didn't go Is that far the enough. Platform that you're running on. Well. Uh, I do like platformers, Cuphead being one of my favorite. But no, um, oh my god! <laughs> uh, no, I, th- I do. What? What? Do you think that's wrong? Do you think there should be? Are you really? Are you going to really try to sit here and argue that there should be less U.S. Yes. Uh, there should be less tax agents than there are humans? I think there should be more. Yes, IRS agents than there are American citizens. No, I I disagree. Oh 100%. wow! What a bold move. I know, I know. I'm going to take the opposite stand here, buddy. And uh, <laughs> and I'm going to say that it's my money and I want it now. So get your hands off. Get your hands off. J.G. Wentworth. 87755. I don't know how the rest of it goes. I think cash it was 877 yeah, cash now. Yeah. That's probably what it was. No beret over here in the chat. I want it now. No beret yeah, in the I've chat saying the him. left will... The left will settle for only half of the U.S. being IRS agents. That's not enough. We need more IRS agents. Thank you. Yeah, um, we need more IRS agents. I think we just uh, spot the spook. Sir Seat Sitter's a spook. He wants more government. More here's, government. Here's Alex Jones 25 years ago. Facts and common sense are in. Yes, there have been corrupt empires. Yes, they manipulate. Yes, there are secret societies. Yes, there have been oligarchies throughout history. And yes, today in 2002, there is a tyrannical organization calling itself. I'm sorry, 21 years ago. My bad. Wow. I was four off. Self, the new world order, pushing for worldwide government, a cashless society, open borders, total and complete tyranny, where human beings are absolutely worthless. There's six and a quarter plus billion of us, and the globalists have said it many times. There's too many of us. We're causing a problem. Uh, we need to be culled at the tune of 80%. It's an amazing to talk about that, but it's the globalists, the UN, their own public Absolutely statements, and they've convinced a lot incredible. of liberals and elitist conservatives and others uh, that by going along with this, that we're intelligent members of society. It's the ultimate Malthus world view. It is uh, this radical, virulent form uh, of social Darwinism. It's the excuse of tyrants. And by creating open borders where there's no national sovereignty and only global bodies that control all the resources, 
by centralizing and socializing health care, the state becomes God, basically, when it comes to your health. And then by releasing diseases and viruses and plagues upon us, we then basically get shoved into their system. I mean, but they've been talking about this for a long time. So, I mean, he was he was listening to the right people. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing is um, even Alex Jones would always admit it's like, you think I'm just some kind of Nostradamus? I don't predict all this stuff. I read their fucking white papers. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, they do talk about it. They, they openly brag time. about everything that they're talking about. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They do. Yeah. So they've, yeah, they haven't made this. I mean, even the. Uh, I love you, Chris. The Club of Rome uh, limits to growth. Um, and then even even further than that, when they celebrated like the, I don't know, 20th, 40th, 30th anniversary of the limits to growth, they were, oh, you know, the depopulation. And I mean, they kept going on about it, you know, and I tell my, my son will bring it up every now and then when he hears something about environmentalists. And I always look at him and go, you're the carbon they want to reduce. Yeah, because uh, it's true. Human, humans are what? Carbon based life forms. Yeah. We you're reduce the carbon. carbon want to reduce. We yeah. reduce carbon. We reduce life. So I mean, it's I don't know, dude. I mean, it's 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 hard to be, it's hard to feel awake when the world seems so asleep. It uh, it makes you feel mad, like madness, not like you're angry, but like you're mad. Am I mad? Mad, 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 And it's hard to find like-minded people to have these discussions about. Not that I want an echo chamber or I want everyone to be homogenous with me, but. I want people to discuss this with me and have rational conversations about it and find the evidence um, because there is evidence. Because, right. again, you want people to be anything. smooth like butter. You don't want them to be uh, uh, charging like margarine. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about that. Absolutely. You got a baby. You got a baby. Uh, by the way, I've been listening to a lot more beer, bourbon and boulder dash. And I got to say, oh, yes, I got to say. Sorry. I know there's a, there's um there's a move happening. I guess it's already happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's I'm loving what I'm hearing. Move, move! Like your co-host has moved. Yeah, he's uh, part time in uh, Boston, Rhode yeah. Island, right now, for a job with. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know this will this will perk your antenna with Wayfair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I remember. And I know what you're already thinking. Um. And I brought I, it I'm thinking Wayfair, more like gay fair. Oh, oh absolutely incredible. No. I thought you were going to go right to uh, sex trafficking children inside cabinets. And he basically cabinets pulled your them. little dick out in front of everyone and jerked you off until nothing came out because you are a boy. Wow, that's, the, that's that was man, personal. It's the manager for... It's the manager for Wayfair. I'm glad you had fun <laughs> while everyone else had to watch an adult man jerk your little boy dick off. Yeah. What is that even from? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's one of the funniest fucking sketches I've ever seen. It's I think you should leave on Netflix. This oh, lady, really? This lady takes his... I've, I've already explained it on the show, but I'll do it again. This oh. lady This lady takes his wife... Uh, or, sorry, this guy takes his his lady wife to a um, Vegas magician concert, and the guy is like, oh, it was behind your ear. And he he calls the guy that is, like, 
the main character up on stage and the magician just makes a fool out of him. He's like, oh, yeah, actually, it was under your foot. Oh, it's behind your leg. And the lady's like, the magician, he embarrassed you, Charlie. He basically pulled your little dick out and jerked you off until nothing came out because you were a boy. And he's like, the husband's like, he was just a funny magician. And, And the wife, the wife says, we will stay married, but I will never respect you. And I'll make sure the oh kids God. don't either. Oh, my God. I'll gosh. make sure the kids don't respect you either. It was just That'd a funny out. magician. He <laughs> embarrassed you. I bet you had fun while everyone else had to watch an adult man jerk your little boy dick off. I didn't do fucking shit. I didn't fucking do this. You I love You're you. Jewish, right? Oh, fuck. All right, why, what else Why we don't got? your clips ever make sense? Sometimes they make sense. They don't actually make sense. Your Ethan Klein one where you played like 20 of his, him talking at the same time on the last episode, that was hilarious. I don't even remember doing that, to be honest with you. Like it was like him, like 20 different clips of him oh, talking at the yeah. same time. Yeah, I guess I could do that it's again. madness. I could, I could recreate it. But sometimes I... Uh, <laughs> Sometimes instead of doing that, I like to play a bunch of Hulk Hogan clips back to back, you know? Oh, I like Hulk Hogan. Hey, Asshole. by the way, brother, I got a big shower. <laughs> what does that mean? Watch him in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Kevin Costner is not Kevin Costner. This shit. Did you find a soundboard? This is the Hulk Hogan soundboard. Um, ask, ask me what I think about uh, religion. Hey, what do you think about religion? There is no God. No God, no God, no God, no God. All right, how about... All right, brother. <laughs> okay, brother. All right, ask me All what right, I think brother. about... Ask me what I think about... Um, women. Uh, women? Okay. Something is sucking something. <laughs> brilliant. That was brilliant. Good ask timing. Me, Good ask, me what I think, ask me what I think about fashion. What do you think about fashion, sir? I'm going to need the two strongest guys to come up here and take their shirts off. Hot. Who's sucking what down here? Right, said Fred. It's uh, good. Okay. I don't know. I that, I I kind of ran through all my material. Do you have anything before we call tonight? Do you have any any um? Yeah, I, I don't. I, but I appreciate what you've been saying about uh, beer, bourbon, and balderdash. Uh, we try to make it come out weekly. Okay. Uh, the sound has been a little off. We we've been tweaking that and trying to work on that. Um, mostly, if I mess with it too much, it just fucks up. So. I'm I'm trying to just do so much on the front end and very little on the back end. Uh, you do a great show, by the way. That Mr. kind Schreiber. of sounds like a lie. Yeah, no, you really do. Uh, it always sounds good. So, um, so I do. I I I kind of I want my show to sound better because if it doesn't sound good, no one's going to listen to it. It's been sound. It's been sounding good. I I think I'm one episode behind, but everything I've heard so far, honestly. Um, because you always have the same co-host, you don't have to adjust, um, you, you, you have to do less work with the volume levels. I know the last, not the last one I posted, but the one before that I had two guests sharing one microphone and it took some magic to make that even sound listenable at all. So, yeah, yeah. not the one with phone boy and Phoenix, the one before that. Okay. But the phone boy and Phoenix, they obviously had separate microphones no they sounded fun they yeah. sounded great yeah, yeah. we're just saying uh, yeah no, no, no it's like uh you sound great i love i love having you here i love that you went through um i think i went through all the clips i had lined up 
Um, well, that's good. Is there any? That's I good. think then it's a good show. Then it's a good show. Yeah, we, we I, um, went to completion. I have. <laughs> was it good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Something is sucking something. Just <laughs> let me know when they're smarter than a four-year-old human. I think next Wednesday, John uh-huh. Fletcher and I, John Fletcher of the Hog Story and I. Oh yeah, I like that. We'll, we'll we will be doing part two of our ancient, um, not ancient aliens, but you know, ancient uh, lost history cataclysmic events. So if you want to join in on that, you're welcome, Sir Wes. I think you'd be Ooh, a good addition to that. I'll let you know. Yeah, it's going to be uh, a week from today. I try believe. to talk about star bases. Oh, what the fuck? Batteries. What the fuck are you a cop? And cathedrals. And it's really interesting to me when we talk about these things. I really like um, Starforts. It's like Starforts are one of the most interesting things that's ever existed. But let me talk about it right now in a really boring way. Even his videos are a little off. You're kind of like, dude, what the fuck are you showing me? Like, what is going on? Yeah. Is this a video or a picture? I'll pull your dicks off too. All right. Well, Beer Bourbon Balderdash is weekly. Uh, at least we try to upload weekly. Uh, follow us, uh, and uh, we're on all the uh, all the podcasts. Beer places. Bourbon and Balderdash. Yeah, Balderdash. Balderdash. Not like how Adam says it. Adam says Balderdash, but it's Balderdash, which yes. is means nonsense. But it also is a sex position where you lather yourself up in oil, and your partner's in oil, and you take a running leap at them. And insert Whoa. yourself inside of them. I'll make your worst nightmare come true. It's a balderdash. Kind of warms my place where a soul was designed to go. <laughs> I respect my wife too much to do that to her. So I don't know what that means. But um, You get a run and start. Yeah. She wouldn't like that. So uh, <laughs> I still have no idea what this means. <laughs> it's good. It's okay, Hulk. Hulk. Brother. So thanks for having me on. I really do appreciate it. I'll let you know about next Wednesday because that sounds awesome. I love Fletcher, um, and I like the Hog Story. And uh, thanks for always putting good quality, entertaining shows out, Sir Seatser. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. I I try. Sometimes I don't succeed, but I always try. All right. Who's sucking who? All right, man. <laughs> uh, Sir West, Beer Burn and Balderdash, BBB. It's the, uh, the, the big black. I was going to say bread and butter. I was going to say it's the bread and butter buddies, but uh, the big, big black boners also could work. I'll give you guys one million dollars. Yeah. When I was setting up like the website and stuff, I was like, I wonder if people think this is a kinky black website. I fucking maybe hate I this, make this. Maybe I should make this more obvious what we're doing. Oh, God. Just in case. <laughs> Uh, Sir West, Beer Bird and Boulder Dash. And yes. uh, you've been listening to Asmund Sixpacks, shootmyass.com. Of course, Beer Bird and Boulder Dash. It will be in the show notes. This is episode 169. Right? Something. No. Hey. Oh. Maybe. All right. Good night. <laughs> Thank you. Love you. Bye bye. Love you. Who's sucking what down here? I get that. That makes sense to me. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, dummies, you just wasted another amount of your non-precious time listening to abs in a six-pack. When are you going to stop? You know, there's very few of you. If you, if this is like a hands-on-a-hard-body thing of trying to figure out who will be the last person to actually listen to this show, it's a lose-lose proposition.
By the way, he asked me to do this. The head moron who makes the show. <laughs> ha! The secret is, I think he's the biggest moron of all. It would indicate that you're a bigger moron for listening to his show. However, I think somehow that's not true. He actually is a bigger moron than the rest of you. Anyway, go outside. Read a book. Ride a bike. Take a walk. Go walk a dog. Go kiss somebody. Whatever there is, I can think of one million things to do better than listen to this dumb, crummy show. Abs and a six-pack. Well, I bet for most of you, you're half right. <laughs> this is Master Shake. Do something with your lives. Hi, this is the pharmacist. How may I help you? Hi, yeah, so I have a problem. How uh, may I help you? Can you hear me? Oh, oh, I'm Hello? sorry. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I have a problem with uh, sharding, so I was just wondering if there's a, a preventative vaccine where I can make sure that I'm not going to shart myself. Uh, no, there really isn't. You know, if you have irritable bowel syndrome or something like that, you would have to address it with the problem, but there's no vaccine for that. Okay, okay is thank it... Thank you. Well, no, is there a vaccine for... Okay. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. Well, that was awesome. You know, that was the greatest answer. Was it? Well, I thought it was pretty, pretty neat that she was like, well, you know, it's... Uh, there's no vaccine for, sh you know, shitting your, your pants. <laughs> but she she didn't say it that way, but but she knew what you were getting at. And I thought that was pretty cool. Can I take yeah, the COVID? Can I, is there a COVID vaccine that's a suppository? Because I'm afraid oh, of needles. Oh, COVID suppository, yeah. I'm afraid of needles. Is there a COVID oh, suppository? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not afraid of things in my ass. <laughs> Okay. Oh, what, what can we wait 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 okay ask about anal rapid tests okay yeah when i look up hawaii ride aid like the third result is fucking about onion rings and i don't know why <laughs> they probably have killer onion rings you got can I get a large order of onion rings i'm going to call <laughs> the Friday pharmacy and ask for a large can order can i get Okay, I got two questions. Can I get a suppository that protects against COVID-19 and a large order of onion rings? <laughs> to go. To go. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Unless you want to help. Dude, this CVS in Honolulu has one star on Google reviews. Excuse yeah. Me. Give him a call. Just oh, let's give him a call. <laughs> are there, so they're still open. It's probably like thank 5 you for calling CPS Pharmacy. If you are a healthcare provider or calling from a doctor's office, press two now. CPS now offers a text message service to check prescription status, refill a prescription, or find out which COVID nineteen vaccine type is available in your local store. In a few words, please tell me what you are calling about. Onion rings. Sorry. In just a few words, please tell me what you're calling about. Onion rings. Let's try this a different way. For all COVID-19 related questions, including at-home test kits and test results, 
vaccine availability and scheduling, antiviral medication availability, and vaccination records say COVID or press 9. All other calls say other or press 1 or hold on the line. Are you calling for the pharmacy? Say yes or press 1, no or press 2. Okay. Which would you like? Say refill a prescription or press 1, prescribers or press 2, get prescription status or press 3, check prescription cost or press 4, connect to Minute Clinic or press 5, hear pharmacy hours or press 6, or speak with the pharmacy or press 7. Sorry, we seem to be having trouble. I'll put you through to the pharmacy for assistance. Did you know CVS Pharmacy offers over 15 vaccines for you and your family, like COVID-19, pneumonia, and more? Visit cvs.com forward slash vaccines to schedule yours today. Grandma killer! Grandma killer! Oh my God, get back in your cage! Looking to get a COVID-19 or pneumonia vaccine? Schedule your appointment online at cvs.com forward slash... Hi, how may I help you? Hi, yeah, I'm, uh... So I'm I'm looking for. Uh, do you guys sell masks there? I'm looking to the front store, yeah. Well, actually, this is the pharmacy, right? Yes. Okay, but so the masks. We don't hold are... them here. Well, you don't have to hold them as long as you sell them, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure. That would be like the front store. Okay, but as far as the pharmacy goes, do you guys sell onion rings? Hello, Long Hawaii Kai. How can I help you? Hi. Um, Hello. I was just wondering. Um, do you have onion rings? Like yes, in we the do. store? You do. Uh, how much do they go for? How many do you get? Um, I can ask somebody for you. Oh, okay. We that told. sounds great. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Looking to get a COVID-19 or pneumonia vaccine? Schedule your appointment online at cvs.com forward slash vaccines. If you need to refill or transfer prescriptions or want prescription delivery, you can do that and more on cvs.com or on the CVS Pharmacy app. Speaking, how may I help you? Um, hi, hello? I was just hello. Hi, I was just wondering, um, do you have uh onion rings? No, we don't. Oh, what, what kind of onion rings? Um, I just like you know, just like the regular ones that they're not spicy. I'm not looking for spicy, you know. I I could go for some spicy, but I'll put it all myself. You know, the breaded kind. Oh. oh, no, we don't. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Sorry, that that's my okay. sister there. We're looking for anything onion-related. Do you have Funyuns, maybe? Funyuns? Okay, hold on. How many people work at the CBS? <laughs> it's like we've gone, we've gone, it's like we've gone through, like, the entire employee roster but at this point. I think we have...
Let me transfer you back to pharmacy. They might have Funyuns over there. Looking to get a COVID-19 or pneumonia vaccine? Schedule your appointment online at cvs.com forward slash vaccines. If you need to refill or transfer prescriptions or want prescription delivery, you can do that and more (laughs) on cvs.com or on the CVS Pharmacy app. Thank you for holding. Hi, yeah. Uh, I'm here on the phone yeah. with my my sister and my uncle, and we were wondering, one, if you had hi. onion rings. Yeah, hi. And and we were wondering if you had onion rings, or Funyuns at least, at the minimum, Funyuns. And, and also... Yes, I were... Hello? No, yeah, so no more of the Funyuns or onion rings. You don't have any more of them? No, yeah, no ha- more. Oh, do they sell out? I guess they're a hot item. Yeah. Because I, well, the reason we, I, I thought, like, if, I thought with the CVS promotion, if you get your booster shot, that then you get a free bag of Funyuns. Oh, um, hold on one second. Yeah, I think I said I think I, just, I asked one of my the food managers. He said I think that's the main reason why it's currently out right now is because people are getting it and we slowly ran out. I haven't gotten a new shipment in yet. Oh, there's so many people getting their boosters so they can get the funyuns that you ran out of funyuns. Yeah, so it, that and it's not usually something we run out of a lot. So the shipment in comes every so often. Right. So yeah, that totally tracks. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, there's no reason to doubt that at all. Um, d- now, um, have you ever seen The Shape of Water, the movie? No. Do you want to watch it? I got, I got uh, yeah. the, I got the Blu-ray if you want to come over. No, I'm good. Thank you, though. Okay. Anything else? COVID-19 suppositories. You got any of them? Thank you. Is there a vaccine that we can shove up our ass? <laughs> <All right. laughs>